Well, good morning to you. It's good to see those of you that are in our audience today, as well as those that may be watching online. Uh, we have a wonderful history with this church family that goes way back, uh, way back before my hair turned gray, I think, uh, before I was limping more, before I had my hand taped up and all kinds of things. Something amazing happened when my hair got grayer. Uh, my body began to fall apart. And uh, that just the, and some of the old sports injuries that I had as a young man, I, I just can't outrun them anymore, uh, simply because I can't run anymore. But anyway, we're, we're, we're just delighted to be here. Uh, it's, it's not for me to really just uh, chronicle all our travels and things for you. And normally, during this season of time, in the last two weekends of, of uh, September, I'm always, at least in the last number of years, I'm always in Oklahoma. And so generally what I would do to make better use of my time is to just leave home on Saturday, like for this, this time would have been the 17th, and just stay in Oklahoma all the way through this weekend and do things in the middle of the week. But because of uh, unusual circumstances and some requirements at home, we have actually made three separate trips into Oklahoma, starting first of all with last Sunday in South Yukon, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, when we were with the Ada Southwest Church, and this morning being here with you in at Lake Homa, here in Mustang, and tonight in Durant, or as we should say, Durant, uh, to, to correct myself in, in that. But you know, the miles are no problem, especially when we have destinations like this to come to. This is a very unusual time. This is, this is a Sunday unlike any other Sunday that we've ever had in our history of coming here with you. And it's all been precipitated by the coronavirus and, and concerns for uh, everyone's health and well-being. And, and I really appreciate and value the, the decisions that the leaders have made for this congregation. I understand how uh, decisions have um, been often not met in various places by leaderships with uh, much uh, welcome. And there have been congregations, I think, have been really put to the test in their fellowship and their camaraderie with one another because of uh, various feelings that we have about how should we approach this thing. And, uh, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the men here who are trying to shepherd this church and protect you at the same time. It is not an easy thing to juggle these things right now. And so I hope that you've been in prayer for your elders, for your leaders here at this church, uh, for James and, and for all the staff, as obviously many, many um, things have been uh, implemented to try to see to it that you can come into this environment and be safe. It's not what we want uh, for us to have tape on our pews, masks on our face, elbows bumping, fists bumping. We are a hugging, touching fellowship of people. That's who we are. It's just right now, uh, we're just having to take a little bit of a break from, from that. I want you to know that, I, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I thought early on, man, I have missed some investment in this, in this season. I should have invested in uh, painter's tape. I should have invested in stock in plastic communion cups. I should have invested in, in all of these things that we've had to experience. I, I think we would have all given more, even more generously 
to Million Dollar Sunday had we invested in those things at this time. And I realize that you, many of you have finally been able to catch a breath of fresh air and you've, you've taken your mask off. Some have, some haven't. And that's perfectly fine, whatever you've decided to do with that. And I'm not going to wear mine as I speak, but I'm going to use this as an illustration. Because when you wear this as a speaker, for one, it fogs up everything, right? If you wear glasses, man, that's, a, that's just a pain. Uh, but it is also muffles everything. And uh, I don't know, I think it almost cuts down on oxygen flow. Who knows, I could pass out up here uh, in, in all of this. But uh, here's what I want to ask. If you are wearing your mask at this time, and I see several who are, that's wonderful. And I'm, I'm, I don't mean to single you out to embarrass you at all. Please uh, forgive me if you're feeling that at all. But if you wear, are wearing your mask, I, wearing them like this is absolutely fine. But I just ask you, do not wear your mask like this. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. What a great idea. <laughs> Where has he been? I should have known this weeks ago. I could have caught up on some rest, but we're glad that you're here. We're grateful for those that are watching in on the um, online service, and I'm going to share some wonderful things with you about the work of Eastern European Mission this morning, uh, because this is what I've been invited to come and do. And I'll share some passages of Scripture, I think, that will be eye-opening and enlightening for, for all of us. I, I do want to just praise this church, because for all of the years we've been coming, the amount that has been given total-wise has really been growing. Uh, I, I know you don't keep up with that, and, but I have access to look at those kind of things. And I just want you to know that over the years that you have been giving to Million Dollar Sunday, in addition to the contribution last year that was well over $19,000 given by this church. I mean, that's, that's the kind of generosity we're talking about from this church family. But over the last number of years, this church family has given over $197,000. Now, that's just, a, that's just a, uh, that's an eye-opener. That's a stunner. That's a jaw-dropper. That's a praise-godder type of announcement. It is to just praise you, and in the process of praising and thanking you, we're going to praise the Lord in that. Because God is using you. Some of you probably have engaged your children in pinching pennies and collecting money in jars. You've been setting money aside, money that could be targeted elsewhere. But because of a common love that you and I share together for the Word of God and a common love that we have for other people to have that Word of God, you give and you give generously and you keep on giving. And I just want to make sure that you understand clearly from me how grateful all of us are at EEM for you. Because the things I'm going to tell you this morning have been made possible because of you. What you see on the screen behind me is our words that have been our theme for 2020. I, I, when that was first announced to us and our little small American team that our theme for, get this, 2020 was going to be open our eyes, how, how appropriate that seemed. Uh, that was initially how it affected me. But little did we know what God was going to do in the coming months to truly open our eyes to His goodness 
and to what he can do in a time and a season when the world seems to be shutting down and, and closing down. So that text, by the way, comes from uh, John chapter 4, verses 34 and 35, where Jesus says to his disciples, open your eyes, look at the fields, for they are white unto harvest. And I'll come back to that text in just a little bit to tell you where that was from. Do you know where those words were spoken? I'll tell you in just a little bit if you don't know. I want to begin by telling you a story from 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a story of not Elijah, but Elisha, his successor. It's during a, a, a time in the history of Israel that they, as well as other kingdoms of the world, are under the control of the nation of Syria. And periodically, the king of Syria would gather his troops and would make these little forays into some of the neighboring countries and either bring them back in line or, or have, a, have a little bit of warfare or whatever that was going on. And he would make plans for these things. And he became, became angry because somebody seemed to know his plans ahead of time. And one of his servants says to him in the context of this, of this passage, he says, it's Elisha who knows your plans. He says, it is as though Elisha is in your bedroom with you when you're making your plans. He is aware of that. God is revealing your innermost thoughts, your secret scheming and your plans. And the king of Syria is so upset by this, he gathers his troops and he sends them to the little town of Dothan where Elisha and his servant live. And the next morning when they wake up, they look outside and here's this vast army surrounding their little city with the mountains in the background. And the servant is panicking and he says, what are we going to do? And Elisha says to him in this text, do not be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now those are good words. Those are good words for you and I to consider during this season of time when, quite frankly, media and a lot of other sources have done a pretty good job of, of stoking the fires of fear in a lot of people's hearts, even in the lives of, of believers. I mean, after all, let's admit it, we are weak, we're, we struggle at times, and, and quite frankly, we're human beings. And there are moments when we get caught up in the moment and we forget about the bigger picture around us. And so the words of Elisha are important today. Remember that those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And if you want a good passage, parallel passage from the New Testament, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, uh, John writes and says, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. That's 1 John 4, verse 4. That's an, those are important texts to remind us of what we have seen through this period of time that our God is great, that our God is sovereign, that God is holy, and that God is still in control even though this world of ours seems to be madly spinning out of control. So Elisha offers a prayer for his servant and he says this in 2 Kings 6, 17. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw. And he saw that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Now this is the artist's rendering of that scene. You see what the servant of Elisha needed 
was a vision that God had of the reality around them. It was very easy for the servant, even us today, to see the real things going on around us and be obscured by the reality of the spiritual, the heavenly realms of God at work, of the angelic beings, of the host, the forces of good, fighting out the battle against the forces of evil. And we need to be reminded that the one who is with us is, is greater than the one who is in the world. And simply spoken to have our eyes be open. Now there's a companion text that goes along with this thought and it's found in John chapter 4. This is on the occasion when Jesus and his disciples are traveling through the area and they come to the region of, of Samaria. Now, if you know anything at all about Jews and Samaritans, you know uh, there was no love lost among them. They hated each other. And the Jews especially hated the Samaritans. They would often refer to them as dogs. The Jews would consider themselves to be unclean if they touched those infidels, those unclean people, the Samaritans that they hated. And yet the Jews and the Samaritans really had a lot of common things that they, themes and beliefs that they shared together. Oh, they had taken a little bit different paths over the course of time. They worshiped in different places. Uh, Jesus would acknowledge that the Jews would worship on, on Mount Gerizim and the, pardon me, the, the Samaritans would worship on Mount Gerizim and the Jews would be worshiping in Jerusalem. But that there would be a time when the Father would be seeking worshipers who would worship him in spirit and in truth. And Jesus is going to speak these words at this well. So instead of going around the region of Samaria, which was so typical for prejudicial Jews to do, he bebops right through the center of Samaria with his disciples in tow behind them, their eyes open, knowing they're doing something that they really normally don't do. And Jesus comes to the well of Jacob just outside of the, the city of Sychar, and he sits down. And the disciples go on an errand into, into the city together to get some food for later on. And Jesus sits there. It's about midday, about noon for, for them at a time when really the shepherds and those getting water have already come and gone early in the morning. And they've gone to water their sheep and do their chores and, and with the water that they had collected. And about this time, a woman from Sychar comes to the well. We just call this story the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. And the woman comes during midday probably because of who she is and how she is known in the city. She's an outcast among outcasts. She's got a reputation in town. And so probably to avoid trouble and being picked on by shepherds who come at that time earlier in the day, she comes during the heat of the day to draw her water. And as she, as she comes to the well and starts drawing her water, Jesus asks, would you draw me some water? And she looks at Jesus with eyes a little bit differently focused now. And realizing him be a Jew, she says something to the effect, how is it that you, a Jew, would ask me, a Samaritan, to draw water for you? She's well aware of this prejudice that exists between Jews and Samaritans. And Jesus says, if you really knew who I was... 
and of the water that I could give you, I can give you living water that if you would drink from it, you would never thirst again. And her eyes begin to pop open a little bit wider at this time. And that's when Jesus begins to speak to her about worship, talking about the Samaritans worshiping on Mount Gerizim and the Jews worshiping in Jerusalem and the Father seeking those who would worship Him in spirit and in truth. And her eyes are opening even more wider. And she starts to go back into town, back to her husband, she says. And Jesus doesn't say it quite like this, but it would be more like, well, not really so fast. You're not going actually back to your husband. Oh, it's true. You've been married before. You've been actually, you've had five husbands. And the man you're currently living with is not your husband. And you can only imagine her eyes being like saucers now. Because he's revealing, a perfect stranger is revealing some inner truths about her life that he would not know. Now the Samaritans are well aware of the teaching of the coming of the Messiah. And they too have been longing for the coming of the Messiah. And I'm thinking in this moment she's got to be thinking, could this be? Could this possibly be the Messiah? And about this time, here come the disciples back from the city of Sychar with their food. And they come back and they're amazed at what they see. You see, they saw the same woman Jesus saw. They saw the same well that Jesus saw. But what they didn't see were the opportunities that Jesus saw. And that's when he speaks to his disciples and says to them, Open your eyes, look at the fields. For they are white unto harvest. The gospel is a powerful truth in Scripture. And the gospel is for all men and all women. And that's what this whole uh, Sunday morning is really about. You and me joining together in a common effort to give funds so that people can hear the gospel story. So that people can know the stories of, uh, of Elisha and others in the Old Testament scriptures and learn of the coming of the Messiah and the hope and, and the fulfillment of that in Jesus Christ being the Messiah of God. So I think what you and I need today, quite frankly, is for our eyes to be open. I know we're wearing our mask on the lower part of our face, but sometimes, sometimes we walk about as though we've got masks over our eyes. And I don't mean like the Lone Ranger mask that have holes where you can look through them. I'm, I'm talking about taking it like I, I joked about a moment ago and putting it on where you cannot even see anything. You're blindfolded and we become blind to the way that God works and God moves and, and God acts and God does wondrous things even in difficult, almost seemingly impossible times for us. I want to scoot back and I'm going to introduce this video to you because just be aware of the time. It was about mid-March that all of a sudden in our nation as well as throughout the world things begin to shut down because of the coronavirus. And people have been asking us, well, how has EEM's work gone in Eastern Europe? I'm guessing you've been shut down as well. You probably aren't delivering any Bibles at all. So why are we even giving for Bibles if you're not delivering Bibles during this time of shutdown? 
true. Borders were closed. Uh, airports were shut down. Transportation, trains, and other means were closed. People were not allowed to travel in that part of the world from one nation to the next for fear that they would spread the coronavirus among their nations. Schools were closed, much like we experience here. Uh, gatherings were limited to very small numbers of, of people, just like we've experienced in our churches in time past when we weren't meeting together and we were trying to figure this thing out and how to be safe just like they were doing. And yet in the middle of all of this, God has been working and doing the wondrous. And I'm going to tell you why. It's my belief that, and you'll understand, that because God is not worried about catching the coronavirus, He doesn't mind getting out into the world and working. He's not worried about the virus. And so he's still opening doors and creating opportunities for his word, the printed word, to find its ways into the hands of the people of that part of the world. So, on April 6th, got the, got the time frame, things shut down mid-March, not even quite a month later, April 6th, with permission from authorities in Croatia, a nation that is over 95% Catholic, where the Bibles have not traditionally been encouraged to be given to those of that faith, especially in public schools. But that doors begin to open. And I was here last year to tell you about how the opportunity God provided for us to put, with permission from Catholic leadership, to put Bibles and biblical materials in public schools in Croatia. So, we had an opportunity to distribute or, or deliver 63,000 children's Bibles into several places in Croatia, in Vrazden and Zagreb, Croatia. Now, this is a, an iPhone video of that very thing taking place. Two semi-trucks on an upper level outside have unloaded their shipment of 63,000 children's Bibles exactly like this in boxes and on pallets. Now, how do you get heavy boxes of books from an upstairs, upper level to a lower level? You do the smart thing. You put tables together and you use them like a chute. And you just slide the boxes down to the lower level. Put them in a wheelbarrow and put them in for storage for children in schools. Here in just a moment, you're going to see the, the individual taking the iPhone picture. You're going to see his shadow at the bottom of the screen. You see the people in the background, some who are wearing masks. Again, the only reason we were able to deliver this many shipments and two semi-truckloads of these children's Bibles is because authorities during the lockdown gave gave us permission to do this. And Catholic leadership gave us permission to supply more materials to go into more public schools. So our man Bart Rabinsky calls his contact on this moment, Yvonne. And he says, Yvonne, we want to thank everybody who came out. Some were teachers. Some were just other workers who were out there helping to get these boxes to where they would be in a good storage place temporarily so that once schools opened up, they could deliver the children's Bibles for the children to keep and take home in, into to their families and share with their families. So Bart Rabinsky, a graduate of Oklahoma Christian, our key worker over in Vienna, Austria, who set this up, um, called 
Paul says, contact Yvonne. He says, Yvonne, we would like to do something. EEM would like to do something to express our thanks to the workers who volunteered to come out at this time and kind of run this risk of getting out in the open and helping us because they believe this is an important thing for their children. And we'd like to do something for them, to thank them, like maybe provide or treat them to a meal out or, or something like that when the, the restaurants would be open. And Yvonne incredulously just said to Bart, you, you would do that? He said, why would you do that? Why do you feel that you need to thank us? He says, we're the ones that need to be thanking you for the, because you're giving us Bibles for our children. I love that story, but it gets better. Uh, Yura Lazar, one of our wonderful Croatian preaching brothers in Vrazden, spoke in his May newsletter saying, oh, if that was good, he said in May we had an opportunity to de deliver 100,000 children's Bibles in various places, nine different destinations throughout Croatia for children in public schools. And... Um, at first, in the first part of May, the door was closed for that. Then God opened up that door and we were able to make that shipment. A hundred thousand children's Bibles in early May. And then he says, oh, and by the way, in 2021, we have an opportunity to supply an additional 300,000 children's Bibles for other places in Croatia, as well as over 100,000 children's Bibles in neighboring Bosnia-Herzegovina. I'm telling you, that's a praise God moment. Only God can do this at a time when you and I might look on it and say, well, we can't do that now. We got to wear our mask. We got to social distance. We got we to gotta stay away from people. And God says, no. I'm the one that's in control, and I need you to open your eyes to the opportunities and the possibilities that are there. I'm just going to show you this bar graph. What I want to direct your attention to is the bar on the right, 2019. We were blessed by God with your generous help to deliver well over 1.1 million volumes of material in 2019. And as wondrous as that, that figure is, I, I've got to tell you, and I know this is going to sound like a fundraiser, but I've just got to tell you, even with all that was given and all that was distributed in 2019, we left $2 million worth of projects on the table because we lacked funds. And I don't say that to chastise you. I don't say that to chastise EEM. I say that because, wow, God is working he is outpacing us. He is opening up bigger, more doors than we can get through. And we're only limited, truly limited by funding. So I want to show you another bar graph quickly here. This is uh, January through June of, this, of, of the last five years, 2016 on the left, 2020 on the right. You'll notice on the right in 2020, we're just a little bit behind total-wise at the end of June. But what I want you to notice is the gold in 2020. That's April, May, and June of this year. In the middle of the pandemic, we had the largest distribution for any quarter in our 59-year history, in the middle of a pandemic, 364,456 volumes of material, and only God can do that. 
And if you think that can't get better, July's number was 71,803 volumes of material. A near record for the month of July. And I haven't seen August figures yet. I'm just telling you God is working. And let's not just assume because you and I are closed down in some ways that God is shut down. God is not shut down by any stretch of the imagination. And we just need to open our eyes. Open our eyes to His goodness. Open our eyes to His power and His creativity. And and that He, He, He is in control of this world, even when it seems to be spinning madly out of control. You know, that's our mission statement. The Bible, we want everyone to get it. And you have bought into it so beautifully. We all believe that. We all want people to have the Word of God because it's powerful, it's life-changing, it's, it's revitalizing, it's revolutionary, and it can change lives forever. You and I would agree that the Bible is filled with surprises. When we read through the Bible in our daily Bible reading or just take our children into the stories of Scripture, oftentimes we come away from those stories and we're just filled with wonder and surprise at what God does. I don't have time this morning to go down this list, and the list is a lot longer than that, but I just want to illustrate this by talking about Abraham and Sarah for just a moment. Now, Abram and Sarai... Abram was the one that God back in Genesis revealed his covenant that through your seed all nations of the earth are going to be blessed. You and I have the benefit because of Scripture and hindsight to know who that seed is. That seed is ultimately going to be Jesus Christ. Through your seed, Abraham, Jesus Christ, your lineage, all nations of the earth are going to be blessed through Jesus Christ the Messiah. But God makes that promise and time goes by and time goes by and time goes by and and it goes by so long that Abram and Sarai get a little impatient. Sarai says, here, take my handmaiden Hagar, go have a child with her. They do. Ishmael is born. And how did that work out? Not well. That's what happens when you and I try to rush ahead of God. When you and I try to take control of things. When God is saying, wait. Wait for me. Watch this. Watch what I'm going to do in this moment and be filled with wonder and surprise. So at 89 years of age, Sarah, and 99 years of age, Abraham, are told by angelic guests, you're going to have a baby in nine months. Okay, for some of you gray-haired ladies in the audience that are maybe up in your 80s, how would you like to hear that announcement? You're not thinking surprise. You're thinking bullets now. You're thinking guns. I'm going to shoot that messenger. That's not what I wanted 89. But nine months later, oh, by the way, what did Sarah do? Sarah do when, when she heard that news? She laughed. Boy, kind of laugh at the face of God. Anyway, nine months later, she has a baby, Isaac, whose name means he laughs. Laughter. So the laugh is out of her. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And God is going to fulfill His promise that through His seed all nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And I think in that moment there were no two people more surprised than Abraham and Sarah. And we go through these stories and we step back and we look at those and our hearts are filled with wonder and surprise 
And God is still doing that. I think one of these days, folks, because I know God is working through this time, we're going to step back and it's going to dawn on us because of hindsight. We're going to say, ah, that's what you were doing, God, during the coronavirus. We didn't see that coming. And our hearts will be filled with surprise. No more than we were filled with surprise when we found out about some Christians doing a puppet ministry in Budapest, Hungary, that is probably going to become one of the greatest opportunities ever laid before EEU. to the garden and got a microphone. We emphasized the puppet show. I was afraid what would they say <laughs> uh, because it will be different. In Hungary, there are 3,300 mm -hmm. uh, elementary schools. They checked in the government and it was allowed, so they told, you can try. And we started. And we improved and improved and improved. And we have 30 puppet show groups and they reach the regional schools. And we are in contact with half of them. The schools are extremely opened where we have been uh, going with the puppet. And we are involved in the uh, Bible distribution and it's it's good they have your bible 25000 copies yeah we did 25 that they did 15000 children's bibles and 10000 teen bibles and that's our pilot project one teacher after receiving this uh, gift told that they will read together for the children a certain part from the bible every day but not all the schools are open to receive the gift. They are very sensible, and if we don't give them uh, enough value, yeah. they will refuse it because okay. of the gospel. But we give the high value, and that's why they receive the gospel too. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And we're praying how to reach the other part of the children. We've talked, we know we're all on the same page. We understand this is where we can partner and this is what we can do. Yes. And it's exciting to see God using people's creativity for Him. This I, is just the opening. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the exciting thing. This is just the beginning. This is a great partnership. Yes, this, I think this so. This is exciting. I this think so. Exciting. We are very blessed. Our plans are to help you every way we can.
Man, I love that video. Thank you so much. You see, you're looking at a VBS guy. I, I know that really puts me suspect now as a preacher that I'm a vacation Bible school guy. I cannot tell you how many hundreds of puppet scripts I have written in my scholarly lifetime, uh, you know, because it's so creative a way to captivate the minds not only of children, but adults as well. And so you saw some of the people, some of EEM's people in that gathering, Brooke Kell, our marketing director, when they found out that EEM had supplied them with 25,000 children's Bibles. Her eyes got like that, and she, you read her lips, didn't you? She went, wow. She went, wow. And then you hear in the background, Dirk Smith, our vice president, say, 20, 25, we, we, they supply, you got 25,000 of our children's Bibles? It's not that the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is, is doing, but sometimes the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. We've got a team in, in America that's raising funds to support all the things that God is doing in Europe. Our team in Europe is seeing to it that we follow through with those things, and sometimes we're the last to know over here. And we don't mind that. We don't mind being surprised by the Lord. Because any surprise of the Lord, at least in our experience, is a good thing. Because God is opening up those doors, and you are part of that happening. And we're so grateful. I know you're thinking, well, I guess that's all y'all do is you work with children, and that wouldn't be a bad thing. But our eyes are open not only to opportunities with children, but also with others. I don't have time to, to, to give you all the things. I've got to stop here. But this was our focus initially on was in our early days of Bible smuggling, was in those communist nations around Austria. That was our primary focus, was smuggling Bibles and materials into that smaller segment of the world. And then all of a sudden God said, that's ah, just not enough. It's not enough. It's a bigger world. And, and the opportunities are bigger than this. And so God began to expand things so that today we are supplying Bibles in 25 different languages, going into 30 different nations. And you're helping us to respond to the requests that they're asking for us. You know, there were times in Scripture, like in Acts chapter 16, when Paul and his traveling companions were trying to go to certain places. And you read in this text, they wanted to get into this area, into Asia, and the Spirit of God wouldn't allow them to go. And they tried to go into Mice, and the Spirit, and the Spirit of Christ wouldn't let them go there. And so down in Troas, Paul has a vision of a, of a man from Macedonia saying, come over here. Come over here. And that's when Paul penned those wonderful words that we sing all the time. We have heard the Macedonian call today. I'm just joshing. He didn't pin those words. But we sing that because that's where this text is from and the words of the song are from. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light be the light, share the light. And so God is, has done that for us in Greece, especially in the past few years. You've, you've loved, along with me, hearing about the Bibles in Arabic and Farsi being given to Muslim refugees. And that continues to grow. And it's grown so much this year for us that this year we're providing Bibles also in Urdu, the language of Pakistan, and also in Sorani, the language of the Kurds, and also in Turkish language. That gives us five, five different uh, publications and, and languages now that are targeted specifically for Muslim refugees because that's the gospel call today as well. 
And we're grateful for the lives of people who are hearing the gospel and, and those former Muslims who now be, have embraced Christ and Christianity and have come to faith. And then we get a call to come to Kazakhstan. And the first thing we did was we Googled, where's Kazakhstan? And, and then I keep Googling, how do you spell Kazakhstan? Where do, you put the, where do you put the Z? Where do you put the K and the H and all of that? Any, anyway, to be able to do that in a nation that is 70% Muslim. And then to be going back into Croatia as we started off this discussion this evening. And a little over a year ago, as I'm, I'm in this diocese in, in Croatia with several of my EEM associates and a couple of preachers from in the center from Vrazden. And we're there meeting with this bishop at this diocese because we're there to say thank you thank you for giving us permission to put children's Bibles in public schools thank you for that because the word of God is powerful and it's life changing and children and adults and families need the word of God and on and on and on the story could go into Belarus which is a hotbed right now and all of those things oh and there are a lot more stories but you don't have time to hear them all today. I encourage you to go to our website, milliondollarsunday.org. Watch the Million Dollar Sunday video. You'll hear a few of the things that I've shared today from Dirk Smith. But that 13-minute, 46-second video, it'll stir your heart. Kent's giving it a thumbs up. He knows it's good. He's watched it. Go watch the video. Watch it maybe before you give, because it may really open your eyes to what the Lord is doing. Our God is good, amen? amen. Our God is at work, amen. amen? Our God is in control, amen? amen? Is He in control of you? Have you yielded your life, your heart to Him fully, fully? And probably all of us need a prayer to be answered for us that God will open up our eyes to see Him more clearly, His opportunities, His work, His goodness, and to glorify Him. We're going to sing an invitation song, and uh, there'll be folks that are gathered around to assist you if you have a particular need of just encouragement or prayer or guidance for your life or baptism. We're here for you today. And we'll be happy to join you in that moment of need. Let's stand and sing together as we praise the Lord.